I'm just getting a little drinky here. So I tried my best this time because I was doing like a way more research than I normally do. Uh huh. I did. Um, Let me say, firstly, welcome to Code Names. Yeah. Uh, did, wait, did we start already? <laughs> you press the go button. Let's, uh, before we get into it, we're going to do our morning snack. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's early. It's all snack. It's hard not to laugh every time. <laughs> um, so, it's early. It's all snack. <laughs> um, last time we hinted at something we could talk about, which was the Grateful Dead as the great, if not the greatest, American band. Right. And I have a great, I have a, a great opinion on that. And it's the right opinion. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. They are. And I don't know that I don't know there's anything more to be said. That is our morning snack. It's early. It's all snack. <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I think it's true because they are all American, first of all. They're not like some crazy Canadians that are trying to sing like they're from some backwoods swamp, right? They're mm-hmm. um, they're really Wait, American. Wait, is that reference to? Is that CCR? Are they Canadian? Yeah. I don't know. I just assume No, they're, they're not Canadian. They weren't? No, I think they're from like Brooklyn or something. All right, maybe. Maybe. Well, Crosby stills Nash. They're not American. Or young, for that matter. Right. Joni Mitchell. Anyway, cut all that out. Um, <laughs> Why? Uh, the Grateful Dead are America's rock band because they do... They First of all, they hit every genre that is truly American. Okay, and and most bands cannot say that. From bluegrass to jazz. Exactly. Those two being the most important. Well, rock and roll is kind of in there. Rock and roll is very important, but but everybody's going to, all American rock bands are going to play American rock and roll. And blues. They do sick and blues, and then they, the dead did those, and they did them as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. But the country stuff, country, not even bluegrass, country. I don't know that they really did much bluegrass. I mean, Jerry obviously did, but I don't, I can't think of really, maybe, yeah, I guess if you, if you listen to the uh, acoustic stuff, yeah, it, it does sound very flat picky that like that Harper college. He did more bluegrass to. certainly in other bands. I mean, his band before the dead and then old in the way and then with Grisman and all that, but yeah, for sure, not with the dead as much. Right. But when they did those acoustic sets, for sure, they had a, a sound like that. Um, and Jerry could definitely play it. But I mean, also jazz, jazz is, you know, as American an art form as you can have. Right. And the dead played it amazingly. But that's a point. That's the point that I wanted to bring up there because who really listens to jazz? Not that many people. And it's kind of esoteric. It's weird. Right. And not that many people get it. Right. But I think that's true of the dead as well. And if, they're they're granted they're more popular than most and i do not pretend to get to get jazz i mean there's jazz that i like there's jazz that i listen to every now and then you know on rare occasions if the dead aren't playing their style of jazz i'm not listening to jazz but to me what they're doing is jazz but my point was more to the fact that jazz is not that i agree that it is a seminal american music that 
exemplifies American music in general, in addition to some other genres, but there aren't that many people that get it or listen to it. But I think that's also true of the dead. I don't think that there are that many people, probably more than even jazz though, but there aren't that many people that really get the dead. So my question in my mind, relatively speaking, I mean, there's, you know, of course, hundreds of thousands of deadheads out there. Yeah, but aren't there, but like compared to, I don't know, are there other bands that have more fans that may be more yeah. generally accepted? Yeah, I mean, yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, it's, a, it's a niche product. I think everybody agrees with that. It's a but niche that's my, product. But how can you claim something, and I'm playing devil's advocate here because I largely agree with you, but how can you claim something is like the great or greatest American band when they aren't maybe like they haven't sold even close to what the Eagles, let's say, have have sold. Like the Eagles are like one of the best-selling American uh, albums of all time. I and I hate I hate them, but like, well, here's what I would say. When I say the greatest American band, what I mean is they exemplify like. They are all American and they hit every musical genre. So check those two things off the box at a lot of other, you know, best selling is just one small piece of it. Yeah. But so they play all the genres. They're all American. They played in every city you could ever imagine. Right. I mean, they played everywhere. I can imagine a lot of cities. <laughs> I mean, they, they toured all over this great country, played all over it. They did not just play the major cities. They Toledo. Played, I'm sure they did. I'm <laughs> sure they did. Punxsutawney. Yep. No. <laughs> Every February 2nd. <laughs> but so, so they covered the entire country. Okay. But more important than any of those things to me they represent what america is which is freedom why do you know what the date of groundhog day is <laughs> i don't know everybody knows that <laughs> no they don't <laughs> more people know that than know my name that's true i just watched groundhog day with bill murray so good anyway needle knows ned <laughs> i know we talked about that a couple episodes ago <laughs> <laughs> Did we? oh i clipped on that laugh mm. um so uh, they represent freedom in That's a way true. that other bands don't. They had their own label. Mm-hmm. They wrote whatever they wanted to write. They recorded whatever they wanted to record. I mean, they had their you know famous battles with record labels. Yeah, they're on Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, the beginning. Yeah, um, but. The reason they had those battles is because they went into the studio and did whatever they wanted oh, wait, to do. Wasn't there late? Weren't there later albums on a big label too, like In the Dark and all that? Uh, well, they had Grateful Dead records for a while. I think they had some stuff on Arista too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they did bounce around. But that freedom thing is something we've talked about before because, and uh, exemplified particularly by Jerry, and we've talked about this before, where he, where we. We're saying that there was a lot of people that feel that the dead were about this peace and love and all that, but that is not what they were about, especially Jerry, that he was about freedom at almost at any cost. And that freedom could take any form and it didn't have to be peace, love, and and certainly not uh, 
you know, like violence was okay apparently because he was friends with all those uh, Hell's Angels, or at least mm-hmm. not friends necessarily, but had them around, and and that right. was what exemplified freedom to them. And he, I think, he respected that freedom, and but they still perpetrated violence, and so he wasn't about peace and love and anti-violence and all that. No, I mean he was he. I think he certainly appreciated. Um, his own piece and like for example when he hightailed it out and went to Marin across the water instead of living in the hate anymore because he valued his own kind of like peace and quiet and I don't think he was a violent man himself but I'm just saying he valued I've never heard any stories of him being violent except for the one that you told me about him throwing (laughs) Phil down the stairs (laughs) sorry that I ruined (laughs) Jerry for you but he was I would say a peaceful and respected the peace and love of that movement, but that wasn't his highest ideal. The highest ideal was freedom. And that was all that mattered. Yeah, I I totally agree. He didn't want to, he didn't want to be the man and come down on anybody else's, you know, he didn't want to harsh anybody else's mellow. It seemed like. Right. And we're kind of getting off topic. I mean, from the American. A little bit. Yeah. But, but going back to that, the freedom aspect of it, and not freedom like I'm going to go trash some fucking stupid hotel room like an idiot. And I'm not juvenile. Right. Like, a lot of people think that it's that freedom is ju- is just being juvenile. It's it not. It is to a lot of people, unfortunately, especially now. Yeah. But, but but to him, you know, he took, I mean, he could have ruled that band with an iron fist. Right. Right. But he did not because he actually embodied and the band I mean, not just him, but but the entire band, they chose that way to run um, the band with that idea of freedom. On the flip side of that coin, they also ran it with a a one man, one vote system, right? Down to the crew in a way that is... I don't know about that. What do you mean? Like when they had band meetings and they would vote on, are we going to do this tour how long is the tour going to be are we going to go to this city or that city everybody was invited i mean oh. the, the band oh. was there the crew was just there the vote from the crew was just as important as the vote from the band That's because cool. they had to get out there and do the stuff too now they had to bust their ass they worked physically harder than the band worked obviously but you know it, everybody was an integral part so everybody got a vote yeah. which again america i mean come on now is it today's america where we you know it, it was a much more idealistic socialist form of a democracy than yeah. we have where we try to we try to uh marginalize people from voting at this point right yeah um anyway so so you can't forget that aspect too it's not just the freedom it's this democracy that they ran their their whole organization with um, and then there was also the responsibility to one another. They didn't do this, which is another great American ideal, right? Which is, you know, the the whole helping out your neighbor thing. And they believed in that too. Jerry didn't, I mean, you know, Jerry felt like he had to support all these people and he was, he, he was the star. He could have, you know, pulled a Natalie Merchant and said, fuck you, band. <laughs> I know 10,000 maniacs is me and anybody and a bunch of people nobody knows, but that's not even good enough for me. I want to, I want to just be Natalie Merchant. Like he could have done that, right? Right, but he continued touring, and they yes. when, when he didn't want to tour, and he is probably partly what killed him. They continued to tour because they needed to support the big machine, and they didn't right. stop. And that's probably why you know Phil was alcoholic, and Jerry was doing whatever he was doing, and yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, Vince killed Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the guy from the tubes? It's on his death certificate. Death by Samba in the rain. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, but, so for all of those reasons, and a million I can't think of right now, because we're already, you know, 13 and a half minutes into this thing on the real clock, that I just, that, what, and maybe I'm not, maybe saying they're the greatest American band is not as precise as saying they are the most American band. Yeah. Um, but they're also the greatest band. So by default, that makes them the greatest American band. Yeah, the subset. That's my piece. I've said, I've said my piece and I've counted to 10. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Um, uh, I think we're going to have fun today. I already am. Because this is a great, this is a great one. Again, interesting story in that it has two, this song has exactly two completely <laughs> different flavors because it has two exactly different chapters in its life. It had one type when it first started and that lasted for about a year. Uh -huh. And then forever after that, it was a completely different song, both great, but very different. I'm not but, even trying to figure out what it is. I'm just letting, I'm just letting it go. Let me walk. Yeah. Over yeah. And well, I mean, how could you guess? And and the other thing about it is that to me, what I love about this song is it is just what the dead do better than any other jam band or whatever. Anybody who gets out there and does what they do and everybody loves the jams that get out there and go all crazy and whatever and the type two jams, mm -hmm. all that shit. This song never gets there. Never huh. does that. Okay. It is a pure type one jam and nobody does that like the dead. Sidebar. Sidebar. <laughs> Allow it. <laughs> so the other night, Fish is doing their dinner in a movie. Yeah. And they played the MSG Baker's Dozen. The jam filled. Dumb. Jam filled. Yeah. So many times they're playing a song they get to the solo and Trey just immediately is playing a, a completely different song. Yeah. From the very four, first four measures of the solo. If you hadn't heard the prior four measures, you would not know what song you're listening to. I will say, though, because of the nature of that jam filled donut gig they were trying to take tunes they didn't normally jam on and jam them so they're doing lawn boy right and from lawn boy they're trying to do a jam which they never did so they right. instantly when they go into a jam on lawn boy it was a completely different tune like the second they started jamming but i know what you're saying that then why why play lawn boy it's a joke. That's the joke. We never. It's a jam-filled donut. Where the, the first, the I don't. I didn't watch that whole show, and I don't remember the whole set list. But I watched a few of them, and the whole part that I watched was all songs they never jam on, and they jammed them as 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 right. part of the theme. But when you're fish and you have the ability and the skill, the first four, the first twelve, eight, even four bars of yeah. the solo start with the melody. 
take us off on a journey, right. then show us how nimble you can be, take it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do something there. Don't just say like, I'm an A, I'm going to invent a completely new lick that has no relation to the song. I'm going to start repeating that. No. Now we have a motif yeah. off to the races. Even I can do that. I mean, you've heard jams that I've done where it slowly goes into the thing from the song we were playing and then goes into a different song, but you have to have a transition. You get there. Yeah. And look, the, the fish jams are great, great jams. But for me, when you're in the in the pocket of a type one jam yeah. of a song that just is so good melodically and and this one more so i mean the the melody it, it's a i can't even tell what what is better in this song is it the melody or is it the rhythm they are both so in the pocket mm-hmm. this, both versions both completely different sides of the coin remember there's two different versions it's too much let's just play them it's a lot of lead in <laughs> here we go and we're going to start again like we normally do Not every time, but typically with the first time ever played. Yeah. Here we go. Get better 
audio quality is so we can really analyze it better, but the interplay with Jerry and Keith and Bobby is just insane on, the, on, on these songs. You can hear most of the instruments here. It's pretty clear. of course hard to pick out the piano What's going on now between Bobby and Jerry and Phil? They love each other. Lord, you can see that it's true. Lord, you can see that it's true. Lord, you can see that it's true. abrupt at the end there yep uh so there it is so obviously the song is they love each other that version is the first version ever played yeah it is from february 9th 1973 stanford university um so 73 obviously we're talking one drummer keith jerry's on alligator um of course, it's a Hunter penned lyrics, mm-hmm. um, you know, just just classic, uh, you know, I mean, that's just, to me, that's the dead. Yeah, that uh, that that lick, you know, that lick, these that like that, that just really, like I'm saying, like that made it bounce so much. It just the, it's a shuffle beat on the drums and, the, and his guitar parts making it bounce and... Uh, Bobby's doing some weird like stuff and uh, I also realized uh, listening back on these shows as I edit them that my job is mostly to imitate the instruments with my voice and do <laughs> what, what <laughs> I do it like constantly and it's and I'm, I don't have any intention of stopping. Well, I mean, it's there's no visual that we can point to, right? right. To be like that. This right here is great. I mean, we <laughs> just have to, you know, just whatever. Yeah. But let's let's keep that bookmark that what you were saying about what Bobby was playing, because to me, what is one of the more interesting things that we will do as we go through these versions is listen to what Bobby is playing. And and the next version is Bobby is much clearer. Um, We're going to jump ahead just uh, two and a half weeks. Wow. Lincoln, Nebraska. They did play every city. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so Bobby's going to be on the right. Jerry's uh, kind of on the left in the stereo mix. This was ultimately released uh, on Dick's Picks 28. But what I love about this version is just listen to what Bobby is playing in your right ear. 
um, to me, it's just, I, I just love it. But, but what's interesting is you'll already see just two weeks later, like that, that, brr, that growl that Jerry have, yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's, I think a lot of that's gone huh. and it's going to be a little more refined. Um, yep. We can talk about it at the end, but I feel like that was the trajectory for a lot of their songs. Especially the ones that I'm going to be playing here because, um, at least in the, in the, in the beginning, because there, there's just this definite arc where, I mean, this is just, I think a little more coincidence than anything, but when you start with songs like we have in the, re, you know, we've done so far where you start in the late sixties where it was just primal dead. Yeah. And then you have to necessarily come through 73, which is speedy and funky, but then you, you get in 74, which is just in the pocket groove, just yeah. slow, everything slowed down a little bit. And then it just got slower and slower and slower. Um, you know, after I guess it got countrified in, in, in the middle there in '71, yeah. but um, yeah, you, 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 part of that is going to be because the songs I love are from this era. Right. Um, but this one, uh, anyway, let, let's just jump right into um, this next version, which is um, 226, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, Pershing Municipal Auditorium. Um, the Persian. Pershing, <laughs> uh, and like I said, this is, this is on also on Dick's Picks twenty eight. Okay. Um, but this version I just grabbed off of. Uh, I just grabbed this version off of archive. Kaupalaka. Little noodle. Do you hear Jerry giving the key there? Yeah. At first, that groove almost sounded like China Cat to me when I first came in. I was like, "This China." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nope. very syncopated, like that. Yeah. But the, but yeah, but then he did and it wasn't it. Yeah. Hear those Bobby stabs? Yeah. He's playing right in the empty spaces. Hmm. So bouncy. You can't sit still. No, you can't. I'm doing it again, too, yeah. It's funny that I was just thinking, in addition to the theme of the song, the nature of the music makes you think of dancing with a partner. Yeah, totally. You know? Yep. He could pass his time around some other line, but you know he chose his place beside him. There's a piano. Largely absent from the mix last time. Yes. <laughs> I love that lady scream there. <laughs> And as opposed to the other songs that we did so far, I feel like piano is the right choice for this one. It's kind of more like honky tonk, you know? For sure. Yeah, barroom, saloon type piano. Yeah. That's so smooth. Listen to what Bobby's playing. 
It's it's toned down a little bit already. It's more it's more leaning into the funk yeah. than kind of the, the 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 barreling kind of vocal kind of aggression, the growl. Um, uh, so it's starting to take a little shape. Still super funky, super super syncopated. Yep. Um, so let's let's jump ahead f- exactly four months, and we're just going to wow. hear the jam. We're really here. packing it into seventy three. Huh? Is this all yeah, seventy three yeah. so far? And, and, uh, and you'll see why shortly. Right before we move on, I would just like to say that I got dressed up for this uh, recording. I'm wearing a uh, my my <laughs> finest flannel, as well as my uh, stretch chinos from uh, Japanese fabric, and uh, <laughs> sweet. 
Yeah. It's, it's important <laughs> to get dressed for the for the moment. Okay, sorry. All right. <laughs> so here, this is just this should be if I edited it right, should be just the jam. So let's cool. let's check out this one here. Hey, it worked. And Keith is on the left, and I love what Keith does here. sound but it's got a little crackle to it up at the top the high end still getting smoothed out even more yep it's like you can feel 74 around the corner Keith. into the chords Yeah, that interplay right here with Bob and Jerry. Yeah. Just perfect. Yeah. Still though, Bobby's playing what sounds more like an orchestrated part. Right. Yep. Yeah. Alright. Now cool. let's okay, so now let's hear one more from this era. Wait a minute. Can you tell me why you isolated that jam? Just because of what the interplay between I, I love the Keith. interplay between Keith, Jerry, and Bobby. I just it just yep. all seemed like it was really just just locked in. I yep. loved. It. Yep. Um, we're gonna jump ahead to February. Oh, sorry. That was that was uh, June twenty six seventy three from uh, Seattle Center Arena. Okay. <laughs> um, of course, all, everything we've heard so far is Jerry on alligator. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that this. I believe that this Winterland show, February 74, this is February 22nd, 74, from that legendary, when they opened up 74 with that three or four show stand at Winterland. This is this is from that. Yeah. Um, I think this is Wolf. We're just going to hear the intro here um, because I absolutely love what Keith is doing on here and I hope it comes through. Um, but this is the last one we're going to hear of, of kind of chapter one of, of this this song. All right, here we go. Just funky as hell. Yeah. Something's a little more like twangy about the guitar sound. Like a new pair of strings or something. Get that string. Isn't that cute? 
was like, into the chords. That's why I like piano for this song, because it's uh, rhythmic. I love that little lick to keep this in. Yeah. So rhythmic, though. Mm-hmm. Which is normally what you do with an, yeah, what you do with an organ is more rhythmic, right? Okay, so that, that that's the end of it. Like, and that was and that basically was it. Seventy four, over. No more fast. They love each other's. Yeah, that, that was it. Which is too bad. And that's yeah, and also that part that heard it more from you. That whole bridge piece yeah. gone. Yeah. It's not there anymore. Which is weird to take out a bridge. Very strange. Uh, but here, so this is, we're going to jump ahead to 1977, uh-huh. February 26th. Uh, this is the Swing Auditorium in San Bernardino. And they're playing it all along in between 73 and 77. Yeah, they're playing this straight through. They they played yeah. this hundreds of times, hundreds of hundreds. They, they never they never stopped really playing this. Right. They just for some reason when they after their hiatus in seventy four when they came back, I think they played it once and a couple times in seventy five, whatever. When they came back, it's a ballad. It's yeah. it's completely different. Um. So here we are, San Bernardino, February twenty sixth. Of course, two drummers, still Keith on keys. I believe this is the Travis Bean 500, mm-hmm. um, Bobby. But this is when, uh, I mean, Jerry's guitar, this is when Bobby starts doing a completely different thing, which is, uh, and I love it. Um, it's very Bobby. It, it, to me, it's classic Bobby. It's that thing where he plays that harmonic yeah. stab instead of just like uh, like an up, like kind of the reggae upstroke. That's um, so stab. Bobby. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing the harmonics, and, and then he whammy bars them down. Yeah. Listen for that because that is just during the verse. Um, I love it. And then the other thing I, that I really, really love about this version, <laughs> it's going to take a while to get there, but okay. when Jerry starts his solo, it's insane. The the note that he decides to play huh. and it's still type one it's still in the pocket it's still insanely cohesive and tied to it but the notes that he decides to play and this is when you realize like 77 jerry is just on another plane yeah make sure it's intentional <laughs> it oh it's just yeah he, he, he didn't fall on his guitar and be like, Let's, <laughs> yeah, keep that um but here we go so this is february 26th 1977, Swing Auditorium. Swing. Yeah, okay. Yep. Already with the harmonics. Yeah. Completely different piano. I was racking my brain trying to remember the feel compared to the original. Yeah, but it's, it's so familiar immediately. Slow enough, they can do like a rake, like a. I am far less familiar with the fast early version. (laughs) 
this is the one I know. So good. Yeah. Still grooving though. I still, still. Yeah. It, I'm not bouncing, but I'm, I'm wobbling. <laughs> you just squinting and I'm swaying. Right yeah. in your lower lip and just grooving yeah, to just it. sway. Still though, still, it makes you think of dancing with a partner. Yes. Maybe even more so now. And let's talk about that after this song. Let's, let's choose after this version to talk about you know, yeah. it. There's a lot there. Donna, join the mix. Vocal harmonies that were not there at all before. And they sound great. They do. But just the decision to add harmonies is like a thing. Keep, keep playing. Love it. Harmonics. Yeah. to do with this song, I will say. Just wait. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I didn't say anything. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There. Great, great Phil fills. Phil Phil. Philip Phil. <laughs> Do you know the Muppet? <laughs> Kermit gets amnesia. His name is Philip Phil. <laughs> Phil. Philip. Philip Phil. Philip Phil. So oh, here's nice. something new. So now there's a piano solo. Listen, just listen to this one because it's very standard and appropriate. Compare to the compare this with the next one. And then remember when Jerry comes in. Let's hear that. So much 
playing. bridge part out obviously um but it's a completely different song and it still works yeah um when was this when was the switch because it was this was not the first time they played that style no the switch came at the hiatus so when they stopped when they when they shut down in 74 that was it and then it came back it was just completely different um, I ruined myself for that when I mentioned uh, Philip Phil <laughs> Kermit from Muppet Take Manhattan <laughs> when he gets amnesia and he thinks his name is Philip Phil. <laughs> now I desperately want to just find a clip of Kermit saying Philip Phil and like and put it in here to drop talk about, that in. Talk about when Phil does sweet fills. <laughs> Phil, uh, Philip, Philip, Phil, Philip, Phil. So uh, let's talk a little bit about. So you keep you keep mentioning that this is. I mean, you keep alluding to the fact that this is a love song, and it clearly is. And this is a. To me, I mean, there. I don't. You know, off. I'm. I'm sure if you you dig into the hundreds of songs that the Dead played, um, and the, you know, hundred some odd. I have no idea what the actual number is, but whatever the, you know, the Hunter Garcia compositions are, there's love songs in there of various types. Yeah. There's usually like a sadness to it. Mm -hmm. Um, This is just a straight ahead. I was going to say love song. Lyrically, it's very straightforward. And for Hunter, like anything being straightforward, he could do it. I mean, that's what that uh, shows his range. Yeah. And there, you know, and there's, there's little fun word plays in there. So there's, um, you know, Mary run around, 
mm-hmm. is the first line, you know, like a merry-go-round, right? Yeah. Her name's Mary. Yep. Um, sailing up and down, looking for a shove in some direction. I mean, that's just a, that's a great line. I love that line. Just a shove in some direction, any any direction, right? Just give me a shove. Just do something, right? And are you are you interpreting that as like a shove towards like the relationship, or just I don't know, like I don't know. I don't think yeah. about it. I just no. I just those little things just like trigger little sparks in my brain, and I just love it. Um, I brain don't. Sparks. Yep. <laughs> Um, but this Lord, you know, they've made a fine connection. They love each other. Lord, you can see it, that it's true. You know, the, the repetition of the word Lord there, they don't do it in the other verses, but in that first one they do, you know, they, yeah. the Lord, Lord, um, you can see it's true. Um, they love each other. And so it's not, it, it, the other thing that I love about this is it's an interesting perspective, right? It's not, it's not one of the two people that's in love it's from neither of their perspectives. Yeah. You, you like people watching them from the outside. Yeah. And it's just like you find joy in just seeing two people love each other. Yeah. So of course there's a weird, there's a, not a weird, but there's a, a unique, interesting, you know, fascinating take on it. Voyeurism. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next one, he could pass his time round some other line, but you know, he chose this place beside her. Yeah. Right. Don't get in the way. There's nothing you can say, nothing that you need to add or do. Right. They just, they just love each other. But is it, is it really a person or is it just an omniscient narrator? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's an, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a narrator talking to you, but, but not a narrator of a real person because who would give a fuck? You know what I mean? Like who cares right. that much about someone else's relationship to be like, wow, you see those people, they're really, you know, I don't know that anyone talks like that. No, no, you're right. <laughs> um, then this, then the last this last verse, um, it's nothing they explain. It's like a diesel train. You better not be there when it rolls over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe and it's when like that train rolls in. You don't know where it's been. You got to try and see a little further. That 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 I don't I don't know what that means. No, I don't either. But the rolls over thing m- implies that maybe like they're in love now, and it's like infatuation, but maybe not. Yeah, I don't think it's infatuation. This this seems this seems very very. But what's real. the thing that it rolls over then? You know, like that means that it's going to end, or that it's that it, uh, or yeah, that it just. I think it rolls over. I don't. I don't think that means end. I think it means. Um, I don't know. Like, don't be like, don't get in its way. I almost take that. I I know it's not exactly saying that, but I just mean like it's 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 its own thing and it's powerful and just don't try and get in its way because it will, it'll roll you. It'll roll right over you. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Um, but then that whole, the, the, then the whole other part is just, um, gone. And I don't, I don't know what it really means. Um, but when that ship comes in, you don't know where it's been. I love that line. I love the way Jerry sings it, but, yeah. the, uh, but the line that I love the most that I, I, I hate that they drop because I also love the way he sings it is everything I tell you, I heard it first from you. I heard it first from you. Everything I tell you, I heard it first from you. I don't know what that means. I, I, I get like none of that. All of a sudden now it's I right now, all of a sudden there's an I in there. Who's this? I Right. Who's, who's the me talking? Yeah. Maybe that's why they, well, no, I don't think that's probably, that's probably not why they dropped it, but yeah, it's, it is a change in narrative, narrative voice. Yeah. I mean, I, I get why they dropped that bridge because once you slowed it down, it probably didn't fit as well anymore. 
Yeah. Um, but anyway, all right. So let's let's anything more to say about the lyrics and 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 that except for the choice to how do you make the choice to include vocal harmonies uh maybe it's because it's a ballad now and you need to without that groove i almost feel like with the groove you couldn't do those harmonies but now that it's a ballad you have to do the harmonies right you wouldn't you you would when you think about the first version of the song if you imagine backup singers you're imagining like three backup singers like on a true funk yeah. or soul song and they're doing right. vocal stabs right yeah. but but keith and bobby are already doing all the stabs you need <laughs> yeah too um, many no not no, not too many they're doing i don't mean too many perfect. but i mean they're all of them they're yeah they're doing every stab you need yeah. they're doing the perfect amount of stabs in every version and so you don't need you don't need that but once it gets slower yeah i love i love the addition of donna here um so let's jump ahead about 14 Wait. months later what do i know what i'm drinking yeah, what are you drinking? It is the uh, today, as opposed to the green, which I had from Treehouse Brewery, either last time or time before that. I have the Guga Green, which is <laughs> the same beer, but they amp up all the flavors. It is a more sappy IPA and uh, has a little more sappy, uh, like pine, piney. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that gets out. That gets out of my range. It does for me too, actually. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the piney stuff. I'm more of the, for IPAs, I'm more of the um, grapefruit flavors. Yeah. Yeah. Cascade and Willamette hops. <laughs> very good. Very I heard good. they recently added more hops. <laughs> uh, so from February 77 to April 78, yeah. 14 okay. months. I get it. <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, this is, I think, I believe this is Wolf. Mm-hmm. I believe we're hearing, hearing Wolf, um, which was also on that, uh, the 74 version when we heard the intro only. Mm-hmm. Um, let me say one thing here, which is I get a lot of this music from archive.org. Let me just say about this, something that I probably should have mentioned before, because I'm sure he had something to do. I've never met this person. I don't know who this person is. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I'm assuming it's a boy. Um, it's a person named Charlie Miller. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Miller goes through and remasters all these amazing um, sound files and does a great job with them. And if you're out there and you're looking for something on archive and there's, um, you know, six different versions and one of them has 100,000 listens and the other ones have like 15,000 listens, it's probably because the 100,000 listen one was mastered by Charlie Miller. So I don't know him. I've never met him. I don't know yeah. anybody who knows him, but thank you for what you do, Charlie Miller, because you make these things sound so much better. These are the ones that are on archive. On archive. Yep. Yeah. The soundboards. He does it with soundboards. It's not just audience stuff. He's right. he's doing taking the soundboards and remastering them to make them sound awesome. Cool. Yeah. And they they do sound awesome. Thanks, Charlie. What I love about this, so here's this is an edited one. This we're not going to hear the whole thing straight through. Um, we're going to hear the intro and then we're going to hear the solo. And I did this mm-hmm. for two reasons. Number one, the intro. I love Phil in the intro. So I hope it comes through um, because the intro here is, is very, um, I, I love, I love that Phil did here. The solo is so weird to me. It just, the solo is, it's not like, um, kind of the bluegrassy thing that we heard last time 
last year, you know, the, the one a year earlier, where Phil, <laughs> yeah. where, 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 where 14 months ago, exactly, where Keith <laughs> took his, Keith took his piano solo and it was very saloony and very standard kind of rock and roll yeah. piano. Very and then good. very good, very good. And then Jerry came in and of course he had his crazy notes and he did that, that awesome little run and it was sounded yeah. amazing. Um, but it's like piano solo and then it's, and then it's just standard kind of guitar solo. This one is just, seems so much just jazzier to me and that it's, it's just, it just fell out there to me. The Jerry solo I found very odd. The piano solo didn't really feel like a piano solo. It almost felt like they were all hearing somebody else taking the lead that wasn't really there. <laughs> like, so, so there's, but it's all parts. good or it's just like, yeah, a little, it just, okay. There's parts where I just feel like they, like they thought, I don't know, they, they, was there somebody doing like a saxophone solo that they just took out of the mix and we don't get to hear because it just sounds background music, but I, but I love it. It's just kind of just hanging back and it's that late 78, that late 70, that 78 feel where it's just yeah. kind of like, you know, they've been doing this for a long time and they're just kind of really just leaning back, like laying back into it. So let's, we're going to get to the eighties eventually, aren't we? We are, but let's <laughs> let's enjoy this <laughs> well, we've wild-haired '78 Jerry um, rocking out on what I believe to be Wolf. Uh, here we go. Nice. Yeah, you're right. This recording is incredible. So clean. And Phil's still bouncy, but he's playing much longer notes. And he's sliding them. Yeah. So I just love that little intro. Now here's the solo. This is the piano solo. Yeah. Right, just like comping. It almost sounds like electric piano. I wonder if he had an electric piano at this point. Yeah, it does. You're right. Bobby's guitar has a weird sound, too. Again, like the chorus, maybe. It really does. Very, very clean. Ultra clean. Yep, still focusing on those stabs. Chiming. Yeah. But more of Jerry noodling in the background during the piano solo than you would normally hear. It's like neither one knows who's supposed to be doing it. Like they think, I don't know, it's very strange. Whammy harmonics from Bobby. Yeah. I mean, that part is just so strange to me. Yeah. And Jerry's like, I guess I'll start doing something now. Right. Oh, 
got like a weird shimmer to it up at the higher register. Mm -hmm. It breaks up real nice and then just has this shimmer to it. It's almost like tape wow and flutter. So much dynamics in his playing. I know. It's like whispering to you at times. So there's that crazy solo from Seven Days. So I, I just yeah. like that one. Um, so I, I threw it in here again. That's Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Jacksonville, Florida, April 8th, seven. I don't know if you said that before. Um, I just really like that, uh, that solo. And again, these solos are all very short, right? I mean, they're not stretching yeah. any of this out, but they're yeah. all so different. Um, I, I just love it. It's just, to me, this is just like the peak of type one. You turn, you listen to one you listen to four beats of that solo um, from any year. You may not, it, it'll at least be on the tip of your tongue. What song it's from. Well, I mean, you, it's just, say you know what song it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it, it's clear. Um, Probably from the groove too, though. It's not just the solo. Like the, when yeah. you're in that groove, groove you know yep. where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so syncopated. It's so, yeah. Um, I, I just love it. I just love this song. Um, and so the last version we're going to listen to, uh-huh. of course, we have to pull one from the 80s. Yay. So this is um, May 6th, 1989. So, of course. Oh. The guy from the tubes. <laughs> guy, no, no, no. This oh, it's not a guy from the tubes? Bill Brent. This is two drummers. This is Tiger. First time we're hearing Jerry play Tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we go. This is this is and this is of course the one that I'm least familiar with. So I'm gonna listen to this along with you. Please do. I mean you shouldn't just leave. No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it with you. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Faster. Yeah, as as has happened in the past and for other songs. 80s picks it back up. Mm-hmm. It'd been cool if they went back to the original version. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Mary run around, up and down, <laughs> looking for a shot. Sounds like a little constipated for a minute. <laughs> I love that scene. Still having fun with it. <laughs> 16 years later. Yeah, still having fun with it. Or he has to poop. Yeah, it's organ in here. Hammond. Vocal harmonies are good. Yeah. 
Um, well, we have Brent at an appropriate harmony volume. Yeah, true. He's doing his vocals a lot more staccato. Yeah. The way he trails off the end of each line, it just works. Yeah. Nothing you can say. Nothing that you need to add or do. Now it's piano. Swinging back and forth in my chair, though. piano sound but it's not it's not a great piano sound not nearly as bad as doing but i like what he's playing yeah yeah i like that yeah it's got a weird effect on it sounds intentional but i don't like it Making his cracking his knuckles into a microphone because he thinks it sounds good. <laughs> I 
almost played one version just because at the end of a turnaround bar, like on the four, like the, the three and four of a, you know, the, the fourth measure. Yeah. Mickey just starts banging on something that just sounds like a pile of tambourines. <laughs> it just is so loud. It's so just, just jarring. <laughs> I, I was like, what is happening right here? But I just, I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't worth the it for just that. But yeah, so what is just. Bobby's still rocking those Ooh. whammy barred harmonics. That was a little odd. It's like they kind of flubbed the end there. So that's that. Yeah. So they love each other. I mean, they do. So <laughs> what I love about it is, um, like I said, just a the song itself. Mm-hmm. Just a wonderfully composed song. The yeah. lyrics, the rhythm. I started out saying the, the the melody and is great. The rhythm is maybe is better, even better. Yeah. Um, and then how, where everybody just finds their place, especially in in those um, early, the fast ones. And I'm I'm like you. I, I started listening. You know, um, to the dead when I first started listening to the dead. Um, I was hearing, you know, uh, the 77, 76 yeah. stuff. That was like, the because I was, I was always really, I couldn't listen to a bad quality tape. Listen to the, the clean tapes. tapes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the tapes that I got that were really clean were, of course, a lot of May 77, yeah. Betty Boards and all that stuff. Um, so when the first time when I heard the 73, they love each other, having already loved this song, I was like, oh my God, I get to like love it all over again. Um, it's yeah. just so just so awesome right yeah and i must have heard a bunch of times that faster tune is just when i think of they love each other i just think of the slower ballad version with the harmonies and all that and and i know i've heard the other version too it just never really occurred to me to realize (laughs) no that's what i was hearing but yeah so uh keyboard corner from the so not a lot of keyboard corner to talk about this time no i the most interesting thing was probably brant again surprisingly um yeah as far as interesting but to me um that just the piano just sounds great i mean that song just sounds great with the piano it's just that saloon feel um and uh, the stabs on the piano sounded great. You didn't need to do anything crazy. No. Um, uh, but you could go crazy because like that one weird, that one weird solo we heard from 78. Yeah. Where it's just strange. And then there were other times where Keith would, he, I, I, 
to me, Keith is is the best keyboardist that they've ever had. And oh, there was, I totally agree. One time, and I hope it came through where he's just doing like, he's yeah. just doing this this rotating, almost like a hurdy gurdy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of swirling carnival thing. But he's doing it on the piano. And it has that saloon feel, but it's very psychedelic. Yeah, but then the fact that there is a piano dedicated piano solo portion of the song. When they came back and do when the slow, they came the slow back verse, and do yeah. it, yeah, and that is not. I mean, how many other songs have that? I mean, there's you know a handful, but not not. Again, usually they were moving as a unit. Whatever happened, yeah. happened. It wasn't like okay, now we do a piano solo and then we do the guitar solo. It was just sometimes the piano would be in the front, but it's not clear that the piano is the piano solo here is a part of the song. When they came back, yeah. it was always there. They always did it. I can't think of any other songs that specifically have a dedicated piano solo. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure I'll feel dumb when I think of it, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, Jack Straw has a, a dedicated keyboard part in it. Um, yeah. I can think of that piano where he's banging on the piano there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some, but but this has a it, it, again, it's a very it's a very you know structure wise, it's very straightforward. Um, like when they come back, it doesn't even have a bridge, right? I mean, yeah. when it comes back, it, it's it's a very straightforward song. The lyrics are not really hiding the ball really much at all. Nope. Um, it's all about that fucking rhythm that is just so good. And it, yeah. and it just leads itself to, and even when you go back to the first version we heard, when Jerry goes into that solo, he is sliding it he is sliding way into that from down well, it's low just so groovy yeah just like you just you just kind of groove into it the whole thing is so funky it really is i mean and again funk music yeah. a very american fo- art form yeah um the dead could do it yep the dead could do it and if you don't recognize this if you hear this song and say that's not funk then you actually don't know what funk is that's right and because everyone thinks of funk as like what be- funk became later, because later in the seventies with, you know, but, right. but then, house. yeah, but then they were able to do that too when it came to like Shakedown Street or other things that were very funky. Uh, loose Lucy, I'm sure we'll get there. That's like honky tonk funk, funk. That's funk. That's honky funk. <laughs> funky tonk. <laughs> it's funky tonk. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they love each other. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, again, I'm very familiar with the later version. I really, but now I'm going to seek out earlier versions of it. That's what this today, when you ask me what has changed, this has made me think that I should be seeking out those earlier versions. It wasn't, I'm not a huge fan of ballads or slower tunes, though I really like the groove when it gets slower and the harmonies. But um, so I always kind of just pegged this song as being a ballad that had nice harmonies, nice melody, cool solos, whatever. But now I would think I'm going to go seek out those funky early versions because I, I really dug that. It was super cool. Yep. Get the 273. Yeah. That's where you will find them. Yeah. And, and it's a short period of time, right? Because right. They, they do it for a couple, you know, times and then go on hiatus and come back with a total thing, totally different thing. So it's not that long that you get that version. So no wonder it's not as familiar because they had spent, 
you know what starting in 76 to you know almost 20 years doing that other version and one or one and a half years doing the funky version yeah i mean there are a shit ton though of 73 versions i mean they were playing it probably somewhere between like um, i see some some months they're playing it three times some months they're playing it eight or nine times i mean so they they there are a ton of 73 um they love each other's to find so yeah. you could you could fill a weekend just listening to to that um and there's and there's back-to-back versions i mean they're they're playing it like there are there were uh, there were some um you know six nine at rfk and then um no, actually, they didn't play it at 610. Oh, yeah, they did. They did. And then they played it at 610. So they're back-to-back, RFK, yeah. 73. They're playing it both there. Um, so, um, you know, there's there's a ton of them out there. Um, they're fun. You know, there's um, another one I didn't play, 92875. So a rare yeah. 75 show in Golden Gate Park. Um, help slip. Frank, help slip. Oh, this is one I wanted to pull, and I really should have, but um, it was getting late in the day, and I didn't have time. But here's a great one. So, great story. So, um, allegedly, mm-hmm. somebody gave birth during the show, <laughs> <laughs> and so they did help slip, and they never did Frank. Yeah. because like there was stop. like a baby born yeah they had to like stop and make an announcement that there's um a baby being born and then <laughs> like go to the medical tent or there's a baby being born or something i don't know yeah um yeah yeah other oh, they, they bobby calls for medical help and then um and then makes an announcement as to where the father can find his wife <laughs> after the music never stopped. Yeah. And then they, and then they go and then, and then they go right into, they love each other. Like right. after the baby right. announcement. So that, I mean, that's just, you know, just like one of those sweet grateful yeah. dead stories. Um, I wish I, I tried to, I was, I was actually, when you, when you, pinged me and said we were supposed to start recording 10 minutes ago <laughs> i was actually trying to find that one and i didn't i yeah. didn't have a chance to find it yeah, um up. but but try and find that one if you're looking for one to find um just for fun um try that that's 928 75 yeah. lindley meadows golden gate golden gate park san fran of course um so there's there's just a lot of fun ones out there and then they played it set bunch at 78 79 80 I mean, right up 80 right through 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. So they, they played it. All the way. They yeah. played it September 94 at the Garden. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it was, uh, they never stopped playing it. Um, which is interesting about this one story is that it just, it just completely changed. And yeah. I don't, I'm not aware of any version of them ever going back and playing no. the first version. I know, which is too bad. That's something that would have been cool, but it's not, that wasn't the kind of thing they weren't like that they weren't trying to punk the audience they were just doing what they do they were trying to connect with the audience but they weren't trying to like here's something funny you remember this and you know they were just they're just trying to play their music and and but they definitely did have some like shocking bust outs like when they played unbroken chain (laughs) oh yeah played it in philly yeah in 94 um so they certainly were still open to like looking at the back catalog and seeing, yeah. you know, like just like we talked about with St. Stephen disappearing, coming back. Same thing with Dark Star. But it seems like a little too um, deep to like go back to a previous version. It just, they didn't right. reach back that, that just seems a little too outside what they were about. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to assume they changed it because he felt he improved it. Right. And that was it. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that was it. But I will say that between this and Bertha, I think there is an underappreciation as to the point of the morning snack that we were talking about today of the ability of the dead to play these funky or honky tonk or just straight ahead tunes that they did very well. They weren't just a weird psychedelic jammy jazz band that I think the perception of those that don't know the dead is. I, I think they could do these straight right. ahead rock tunes. They can take a one, four, five and they can play in a standard structure, you know, uh, verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus, you know, and, and, and put the solo in where it's supposed to be. And, and it's still, it's still fresh and new 10 years later, they're still doing different things with it. It's still the same song. Yeah. It's still p- strongly in type one, but it's not weird, but so either. different. No, it's, it's not, not weird. weird. It's, it's, it is a, it is a, that any, American rock band could play this song and sound like an American rock band. They don't have to be, they don't have to have the capability of jazz jamming like the dead could do or being able to do psychedelic, weird, whacked out sounds. They they just played these songs and they played them throughout their entire career. And I, and I, you know, not sure that everyone has an appreciation for that. That doesn't listen to a lot of dead. And, and to me, the, the ability to take a song like this, even when it's slowed down, because slower is harder in, in yep. some ways, to to keep it fresh and and find those solos. Um, I mean, every solo we heard was, sounded very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to live in that space and for Jerry to just understand this is the structure. These are the chords. This is what Bobby's laying down. We've got the piano laying down that bed. And I'm, I know, I know my space and what, but what he does in that space is always so different because he, it, it, you just know that he's lived with this song in a way. And he's, it's just intimate. It's just, there's an intimacy there where he can just move within those notes and and just kind of bump up against them and send them out it's almost like sometimes i feel like it's like imagine like a big dance hall Mm -hmm. and there's like bowling pins and each bowling pin is a note that could be played and he's just kind of like walking through and like bumping into some of them and they're all perfect but the ones that he's going to bump into are so different and he's he, he has he has every bowling pin in the room at his disposal. Yeah, it's like a random walk. It's like the work. it's like the yeah. It, he's not he's not following some some pattern. He never gives into that. Um, you know, just falling back on the old patterns or the licks he's played before. There's always a new note in there, a different bend. Uh, he comes at he comes dumps down to the one, or he comes up to the one, or he bends into the one, or he slides into it, or he slides. He does that four note run down to it. I mean, he's just it's he it's just fascinating to me that he every single time there's a, there's at least one note that surprises. And I think you. that's. But every note that he's playing is certainly influenced by everything that came before it and likely everything that comes after it is influenced by what he had just played. But those 
yeah, that is what is makes improvisational music endlessly fascinating or depending on the person who's doing it right like the people that do that well can endlessly renew any song yeah well i mean to me when you say the people that do that well i can really only think of a a few people that can do that. I mean, it's not like it's something that anybody who really works at it can get to. Well, I don't don't know. I feel like if you, you hear, you could probably find some, yeah, I know you're saying, and these are the people that are well-recognized, but there's probably millions of people that can do that. But, but I think there are, they can do that. But here's what, here's to me what, Trey, Jerry, Malkmus, you know, a handful of people have that they they put in the time to get the chops to be able to do that improvisation within, uh, you know, give me the fence and I will improvise in there and and I will do what I want it to do. Nels Klein, I will I will make I will do what I want it to do. But um, what what. 999,999 people out of a million don't have is they don't have the bass playing that not B-A-S-S, but the B-A-S-E, just the, the natural playing when they're not improvising what they're, what they want to play and the notes they want to play and the music they want to make and the tone that they have and the touch that they have. Like those people, they don't have anything I want to listen to to begin with. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear regular you. So I'm not interested in what improvising you sounds right. like. It's the songwriting. It's the ability to have a good tone. It's the ability to play all the notes at the right time and the rhythm and all that and not overplay. That's a huge thing with people that have the technical ability. You know, you hear Jerry, especially on this tune is a perfect example. You, you Jerry is not going, he certainly could do right. that, but it's like, and, and that's it, you know, and then just some, and the way he bends it and the way he does it and the way he surrounds it with grace notes and things like that just makes it endlessly renewable. But you can't overplay that or it's just going to sound like crap agreed agreed i mean even go even go back to nels klein like if 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 somebody's laying down a solo um you know and somebody tells me like it's going to be nels klein i'm glad that's great i love that i love nels klein's playing um and take and for example listen to the um wilco's version with bob weir of saint stephen on day of the dead Mm -hmm. the licks that he plays they're very true to St. Stephen. They yeah. sound nothing like Jerry. They sound everything like Nels. They are perfect. Yeah. They are. He rips it. It's it's fluid. It's smooth. It's Nels. It's great. Because he's but got his if own. If I'm going to buy a Nels original, a Nels solo album, never. Right. Because he's got never. his own unique tone. So he can do the tone. He can do the playing. But then there's the songwriting. And I don't know. Right. I don't I don't haven't heard his solo stuff or know that he can write a, t- a song that he can then play on and add but that's that's the total package, right? So that's why and Jerry, Jerry could sing. we haven't even talked about his singing. Yeah, exactly. That's why he's so ridiculous. And maybe this is what we talk about next time in the beginning cuz you know Jerry has the total package, songwriting, singing, playing, uh soloing, body. uh sexy body. Um yeah. He's everything. 
Yeah. He's everything. That's right. Um, yeah. He's got it all. And it just, it makes me sick. <laughs> Somebody who has picked up a guitar a couple times. Yeah. And it's like, it, 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 you know, it's, it's, you know, you hear the first time I ever had this feeling when I was a little kid, um, you know, I picked up a guitar and I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll try and play a James Taylor song. Hmm. That seems, that seems simple. And you're like this, you're like, God damn it. Like this motherfucker can play the guitar. He can pick that guitar. Yeah. With his fingers. And he has that voice. And I know you're not like the hugest Beatles fan, but I remember one time we were jamming and and someone had brought in a Beatles tune and it was like the simple, what you thought was the simplest tune. And all of a sudden we're like, we can't play the, they do weird shit. Like there's weird stuff that, that on these basic pop tunes that they did, these are not easy to just, they're not two chord songs. And that is what makes it different enough from what everyone else is doing that, you know, that it becomes something that is genius. Right. Right. And I feel like we've, uh, have we done it all and said it all? We have. We said it all and we've done it all. Any, any last words? I've said all of them probably twice at this point. <laughs> I feel like I've probably repeated myself. All right. Well, I think this was another fun one. It was fun. Um, cause it, it got, it gets you moving. Um, yeah. and, and this was the first time we've done some edited versions. And so that yeah, gives that's me cool confidence too. to yeah. take on some longer ones yep. that I really love, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 lo- the longer ones I, I, I've tried to obviously, except for morning dew, which, which is just epic. And I had to do that as the first one. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll re- revisit that once we actually get good at this. Um, but um, trying to kind of go easy on us with the, you know, the, the strictly type one jam yep. vehicles. We're going to have to get there now, sooner but... than later though. Cause I'm going to start getting annoyed if we don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, next week, um, touch of gray. <laughs> Good one. We'll do it. We'll do it eventually. Yeah, yeah, there's sure. not a lot of variation. I wouldn't think no. but we could be surprised. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot around for what seven years, I guess. Wasn't it almost ten? No, it was later eighties. Yeah, yeah. eighty-eight, eighty-seven. Yeah. So. Anywho, um, all right. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, we'll see you next time on Code Names. <laughs>